Hello, welcome to another Cage Club Revisited. This is, uh, I, I, one of these times, Mike, I'm going to remember what episode number it is. Uh-oh. Not today. Well, I think it should be a running gag that you never know. It's, it's, it is, is a running gag, but I don't mean it to be. It's just, it. it is what it is. I say we keep it up and pretend... Like we didn't agree to keep it up. <laughs> it seems like you forgot each we'll time. Just cut this out. All right, it's episode twenty-three. We are doing the Wicker Man, a big one. The Wicker Man from two thousand six, yes. the remake. Okay. The wonderful, wonderful film. We are watching the DVD. Wait, which version are we watching? Because there's we two watching, versions. Okay, of this. so this is the this is the non-theatrical. This is the extended version with shocking alternate ending. Yes. All right. So it's the one with the bees. This is considered now the quintessential version. This yeah. is just you know the Wicker Man. This is canon. All right. I'm going to hit play. All right. Press play. play. We have, as always, we have Cage Club Movie Bingo. If you go to cageclub.me/games, you can download your own bingo card, play along. It's uh, you know, go. we'll see if we win. I think Warner Brothers. This is a pretty big movie. Yes. I think we might have a winner pretty soon too. A lot of stuff happens very quickly in this movie. Also, we're gonna have to try and keep up. Um, should I turn it up a little too? Sure. So far, we have three production logos. <laughs> I, I have Saturn Films. Like, so we added last time Cage's producer Saturn Films. I don't. I think this is before Saturn Films. I think this is. Uh, nope. Here we go. Saturn Films. Is it Saturn Films? This is a Cage production. Oh. Hell yeah. Check it off. <laughs> um, oh, a woman is attacked. I know I'm going to get that one later. <laughs> so we are joined today. We, we teased this a little bit last time. We are joined today by a couple members of the Bergen Record, the North Jersey, the finest newspaper in North Jersey. We are joined by Chris and Anne. Hello, Chris. Hello. So you may not know, but there <laughs> there are multiple Cage movies where he punches or kicks a woman. Ooh. Just straight up, just not like sugarcoated, just like bam. So in the end, at the end of this movie, he will punch a woman in the face. Ah, um, does, so she, that does, is does she have it coming, or is she mm, just a lady? He thinks she does, but she's totally in the right. It's <laughs> a, this is a crazy movie. So this is a remake of a 1973 cult classic movie. This is from 2006. Yes. Um, it, uh, that movie very mm, tonally I'm, very different than this movie. The original. So the problem with this movie in the grand scheme of things is that supposedly the director Nicolas Cage wanted to make a very black very dark comedy and everybody else on set was like oh no we're making a drama so there's two very different (laughs) tones that do not align at all there's two different schools of thought going on in this movie so that's why it doesn't seem to work but (laughs) that said we genuinely love it was this terribly deeply panned uh, it's yeah. This yeah. is yep. this is widely considered one of <laughs> there his he is. best worst movies. So this is Cop Cage. Cop too. Cage. Cage is a cop. He's been a cop multiple multiple times. He's a motorcycle cop. Uh, He's got a motorcycle. He jacket. is a motorcycle yep. cop. Awesome. Everything's not going to be okay, which he will learn very soon. Um, yeah, this is uh, Cage driving. Cross that off. Sunglasses. Right away. Right away, though. Um, it's about to go down. Yeah. I mean, he looks the part. So here's here's yes. one thing that we've learned. And so this is going to be a weird case of revisited in that we're sort of talking to you, the listener. But we're also talking to Chris and Anne. But we found that Cage, more so than just about any other actor, can really do every genre. And, like, he looks the part. Mm-hmm. You know, whether or not you think he's a good actor, whether you think this movie is good or not. Like, he looks like he could be a motorcycle cop, which, you know, that's nothing to sneeze at. <laughs> No, I mean, you know, uh, the uniform makes the man, so I feel like he pulls it off very well. Manners make the man. Yeah. <laughs> and shoes. 
And he also Oxford before Broads. Oh no. This is that a, is so cool. Like I still love that that he scoops the baby doll the, um, without slowing down. Yeah, because it's the it's the it's, it's the Black his, Widow move from, uh, from the second Avengers. Avengers movie where she picks up Cap Shield. I was like, yep. oh, that's the Wicker Man. Like I'm sitting in the theater going, oh, that's from the Wicker Man. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to spoil the fact that this is actually his daughter. No, no, no. But the you know the the baby doll on the side of the road kind of thing is just that's the ultimate metaphor for the entire movie right there. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Um, no, but this takes place like in modern times. I can't. That's the one thing about this I wasn't sure. I think so. Okay, I wasn't sure if it was like in the seventies or something. Well, the cars are old, right? I don't know. All right, it's it's a movie beyond space and time. So that's no. actually Cage's daughter. It, this is a spoiler for the movie. <laughs> he doesn't know it's his daughter, but he's going to be sort of drawn into this whole mystery on this island. That's purely yes. populated by women with yes. no men around and we're going to learn a little bit more about that yeah he's sort of he's being lured he, they're fishing for Cage right now basically is what they're doing so the doll dropped on purpose to bring him here but we're never sure if what happens next is on purpose or not because <laughs> it's very jarring and it's very dramatic and it's about to happen Joey do you remember what I'm talking about? I think so so what's weird about this, Chris, is that, you know, we, we've mentioned this a couple times before, is that, like, this is not the third time I've seen this movie. Oh, there we go. <laughs> yeah, and now they're just dead. Jesus. Yeah. yeah. That's not a dark comedy at all. <laughs> no, it's, it's, start, it's like, not funny. Right, like, it's tr- it's trying to start out as a sincere horror film or dark thriller of some kind. <laughs> <laughs> I said trying. <laughs> Uh, fire will become. I feel like that becomes a big theme too later in the movie. Oh yeah, there's Water, there's, there's going to be fire coming back. This is a very elemental movie in that regard. What's what's kind of cool is like this starts so grounded in in the real world, and then it really goes. By the end, you're in a fairy tale. I feel like you know people dressed up in bizarre costumes, having tea in the middle of a field. You know, it's just all this imagery. We gotta say that's a great cold open. That is a nice cold. Nice. I like when the when the uh, title is also like an art, art, artistic title. Like it's mm. not just font; it's like the actual poster. But yeah, by the end of this movie, it's going to be fairy tale land. So now he has uh, this is like his PTSD sort of right. He's like he is he off the job now? Is that what this is? He's taking some time because of that very incident. Yeah, because you know he could have saved that little girl and didn't save the little girl. Plus, I just feel like that's you know. If you're if you've involved in that kind of accident, you're going to want some time off. Maybe <laughs> it's very traumatic. You got to stay busy somehow. But like, this is the third time I've seen this movie now, and I've never seen you know Lawrence of Arabia or It's a Wonderful Life. Like, there's there are movies I'm going to see Cage movies. Like, by the, by the time I'm by the time I die, I will have seen every Cage movie probably four or five times, and I still might never see like good movies. Mm. Yeah, I haven't seen Lawrence of Arabia either, so <laughs> I've seen the first 20 minutes. Uh, I haven't seen Gandhi. See, I feel like Gandhi is like a massive minutes. hole in my uh, yeah. in my list there. But, yeah, um, I think something else to pay attention to, I think blonde people in this movie are like sort of sinister, right? Like, because when we get to the island, there's way more blonde people. Yeah. Um, and the blonde people, he, he just interacts with blonde women in, before he gets there. Like, that's it. it. I don't know if that's something, but I throw it all out there while we're doing these commentaries. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, like, so the thing with the podcast is that we talk 
however long we need to talk about it, and then we edit it down, and we edit stuff out, you know, if there's gaps, if there's pauses, if we're not sure what we want to say, if there's dead air, whatever. Here, this is meant to be, for what, I still don't know who's listening. These are meant to be <laughs> listened to while you watch the movie, so there are stretches where Mike and I just don't talk. I'm like, well, can't edit that out, because, like, there's the movie happening, and so... You know, mm-hmm. it's we, there's there's reason to throw things out there just because you got to fill the air somehow. So one idea I came up with just now, as a matter of fact, about this movie. Uh, no, well, about these commentaries, something we might be able to do in the future. So you know, because now we watch them with the uh, subtitles on, just yep. so we could keep track. Like if we read them out loud, <laughs> if we read the movies. <laughs> I think that comes from my podcast, though. Maybe I should explain your novelization. In my podcast, I also read the novelizations of the movies that I watch, and I have like a session at the end where I do like a book club and I read passages from the book. You would not believe the insanity. Like we just recorded a Resident <laughs> Evil. Yeah. So, so as far so as, just, as far as I know, Mike wasn't cr- reading a lot of books, and then he started a podcast. And now he's just reading garbage books. Like I guess it's a step Pretty in much. the right direction. So I've read all these since December. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, like twelve books, all pretty much. But like, so, but like, but that is <laughs> the novelization of Superman three, the novelization of Jaws: The Revenge, aka Jaws four, Rocky three, uh, Resident Evil Extinction. Like, it's it's honestly remarkable the amount of time that, no offense, Mike, that Mike wastes with these garbage books. <laughs> but they make, you gotta admit, they make for a good show. Like, you were just on my last episode. You seem to like that session. That oh, segment no, it was much. great until you got to the thing. What was the incredibly, like, sexist? Oh, there were there was a few, actually. Um, there oh. was the one, the, the backstory of the characters real quickly, where one was <laughs> so, a cop. So in the movie, there are, ca- in Resident Evil Extinction, <laughs> it's an island off the coast of California. Summer Isle. Oh. Yeah, that was a huge... Also, he's going to um, no, no. He's no, going to go fine. over. He'll he'll cross co- county lines, and he'll have no jurisdiction where he will claim to have jurisdiction. In and he just movie. arrests the shit out of people he's, and other he, people's. He's, he tries. Just, he's investigating. He's trying to get to the bottom of like what's going on here. But had they already have they mentioned an island yet, or is that the first way they mentioned an island? So I think he got a letter. I think we missed a scene where he got that letter, which is from his ex-girlfriend or something, right? And it's like, yeah. hey, I'm out on Summer's Isle or whatever. I think he's trying to figure out what that is. Because he's a yeah. cop, but he's not really a cop right now because he's sort of on leave or whatever, and so... And, and at this point, I'm not even sure that it's an actual island, per se. Like, it, it ends up to be an island, but that's just sort of the brand name, I think, for their honey, Summer Isle, like, mm-hmm. at first. So, yeah, it's... This movie is super misleading. <laughs> there's a Very lot deep. of... There's a lot of, like, uh, red herrings and things, but most of them... Uh, most of it's like red herring. Well, as we learned from Snake Eyes and was hammered home in, in Seeking Justice, you need five people for a conspiracy, and there are way more than five people in on this conspiracy here. Hmm. Cage is pretty much going to be the only one not. Yeah, it's ba- eventually when the, when he gets to Summer's Isle, it will be the entire movie against him. Like it's man versus the world, basically, and they're all just women who essentially want to kill him. And that, I kind of like that as a movie, though, the idea that. Um, the, the main character is totally out of the loop in a lot of ways. Like well, a, he's a real dum dum, <laughs> uh, but thinks he's in the right too. Well, he like, is in the right. Well, sort of. He shouldn't really be. I mean, they are luring him there. He shouldn't be trespassing. Oh no, but he's not wrong. No, technically you're right. It's yeah. not like they're wrong and he's right. It's just that he's not wrong. Yeah. It, I guess it's they like, lure him to an island to kill him. <laughs> but from their perspective, they're just trying <laughs> to have a better harvest next season. So you see what I'm saying? They do need to from sacrifice. a certain point of view. Yes. 
they're just you know continuing their culture. But why is he the only one in this movie who hasn't done his hair? It's just <laughs> well, like so, this frizzy well, thing he is, happening he's on his like, head. He's like off the job still, right? I think so. Like he hasn't. Um, he's done makeup, but his hair is just like yeah, <laughs> I don't care. Well, so the hair, as I'm sure you know, Nicholas Cage and the hair have a very tenuous history. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's yeah, been yeah. insane. It's been a, Let's it's just been say a, it's, it's been a journey. Crazy. A lot of efforts to maintain, and a lot of styles. Like, but wow. what's what's sort of weird? I don't know. I don't know if it's better hair plugs or you know Rogaine or what. But like, it's really come back. Like, it's been better lately. They're like in the mid 2000s where we are. It's sort of the low. It's like the. It gets to a point where he's. Really going bald, like it's weird. Next? Like it gets to a point and where this? it's like the point of no return. Mm-hmm. You know, like look but at it in this scene. Returns. He returns. It's amazing. <laughs> That's what's amazing. Like in this scene, his hair looks completely different from the last. Scene. I think he's also a kind of guy who will say, you know, I had my hair like this in the last scene. Let's do it something different to just keep mixing it up a little bit. So now he's on the ferry to Summer's Isle, and he sees a girl who might be his daughter. There's a lot of question marks here. The other thing to keep in mind <laughs> with these commentaries is that. We've seen these movies before, but then we just start talking. <laughs> yeah, I, I, so, so a train just ran over a, a little girl uh, on a ferry. <laughs> he's yeah. also dressed like he's going to a funeral. Yeah, mm. that's just his detective garb. And he's in a weird kind of mourning where he witnessed someone die, but he's not positive if it was his kin or not. I don't yet. think he knows at all. I he don't doesn't know, know yet. It's he doesn't straight. have any indication that that was his daughter. That's what I'm saying. Like the other thing is that like we start talking about something else, we look away, we don't read the subtitles, and then we're like, wait, we kind of know what's happening, but like, why are we here? We have to reorient ourselves a little bit sometimes. Yeah. So these aren't really well, are incredibly helpful commentaries. <laughs> but, you know, it's we more, never thought yeah. they would be. I feel like there's generally two types, even with professional ones, when you buy, like, the Blu-rays of people and stuff, like, you get the technical commentaries where you have, like, the producer and stuff, and they're like, oh, well, this took this many hours, and we did this on this day, and this was like that, and then you have, like, when the director just gets on and bullshits, yeah. and just kind of, like, shoots the shit, and, and then talks there's about, us. Well, I feel like these are way more in, in that vein, where you're just hanging out with us while you're watching the movie. The real question we have to answer is that so we put these out every two weeks. So when we did the first run of Cage Club, we did three a week because we are masochists and sadists and whatever. Like we just wanted to like give ourselves all of the work, and we also were dumb in that we didn't do any ahead of time. We're like, it was oh, f- the first one's coming yeah. out Tuesday. Let's record it on Saturday. So we had no build up. We're just like, oh, this thing that we've never done before yep. that we don't know how it's going to go. Yep. That we're all trying to figure out like what everything is. Like let's just. Let's just do it. Yeah, we and really we did. trial by fire. And about three weeks in, I was like, Mike, I don't know if I can keep doing three a week. He's like, let's just try it. And then, like, a couple weeks later, I was like, I got it. Like, it just became part of my life. And then I even said, like, you know, we could always pull back. And you're like, I like no, I, I got it. We're, it's we're like, committed. It's, I'm too into this right now. <laughs> like, I can't shift until we're done. It's like, I totally understand. But now we're doing the revisited. We're putting one out every two weeks. And so... You know, and in a couple of years, when we catch up, I guess we're just going to go back and re-rewatch them. them. Yeah, that's what I figured. I mean, kind of like with your Fast and Furious podcast, where you will watch those movies forever mm-hmm. on a loop. Like, I feel like in a way, we'll never stop watching the Cage movies either. We'll just start over and figure out a way to, to talk about them. And in case you're wondering, there's almost always a Cage movie on TV. So if you have like, if, if the more movie channels you have, the higher probability that there's a Cage movie on at any point. That said, download our Cage Club bingo card at cageclub.me slash games. Which I'm doing exceedingly poor on today. I'm really surprised, though, when I look over my card. I got a good card, and this is a good movie for this. Oh, Cage wears a hat. Got that. (laughs) Wacky wardrobe, not yet. 
this is the way he gets to the island? Yeah, so this is how he... It's a ferry to a plane. He sneaks... To a plane to, to walk through the... To climb sneak, up a cliff. He sneaks in. So here, this is <laughs> one of the all-time Why? great... We're like a minute away from one of the all-time great cage lines. You know what I'm talking about, oh, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's in the bag? Um, well, so... The island doesn't take kindly to... Outsiders. And, or men. Or men in general. They're, it's it's primarily a all-woman island. It's yeah. like a um, commune, in a way. It's uh, it's a cult, basically. It is a cult. You know, have you been following the Smallville sex cult? Uh, what? No. So, so Wait, you know Smallville, Smallville, the TV show? Yeah. Oh, the lady from Smallville. Oh, that, I thought, okay. Yes, no, 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 okay. no, yeah, not related to Smallville. <laughs> All right, I thought it was the... Well, like, a couple of weeks ago, I saw, based like, on I saw, this show. I saw Kristen Kreuk was questioned by... Yeah, yeah. Like, and she was like, oh, I have nothing to do with this. And then, like, Allison Mack got arrested. Yeah. And I was like, wait, this is a thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, here we go. This is a, uh... He states his business here. It's as if they've never heard of law here, enforcement. Here we go. Here we go, here we go. We never get an answer to his question either, by the way. What you, the question he's about to ask? <clears throat> oh, I have a theory. So the bag is dripping. <laughs> Great line read. Line read. Shark? In what world does your mind default to shark? What's in the bag? A shark or something? <laughs> I think it's because um, we find out later that he's been murdered. Maybe it's part of the pilot that dropped them off. Maybe I don't know. Oh no, because he he comes back later. No, the plane's there. The plane's there, but the guy's the pilot's gone. gone. Yeah, maybe. maybe. But would they have time? I'm crossing off X Files connection because he's investigating. That's one of the most tangential connections we've come up with yet. Like just well, also like, Twin Peaks connection, uh, which I have not crossed off yet, but. So the bingo card is assembled from things that we we know from different things, but as Mike and I are watching these movies, we're like, oh, we should have one where, like, the movie takes place on a holiday, like, which here, it's May Day. That would be a good... Oh, that's right. Yes, yeah, it is May Day. Because I also wanted to see if there were enough holiday films to do, like, a an show about year. it, an entire, like, one a month, like, starting with January. Um, and even though it's not called May Day the movie, this qualifies as I mean, a May Day do, film. You could do Selma for Martin Luther King. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You could do New Year's Eve. For what holiday would that be for? Christmas, right? <laughs> you could do the pie-making film Labor Day. That's a... Oh, the, I haven't seen it yet. That's the J-Lo movie? No, it's Kate Winslet and Josh Brolin. Oh, right, 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 right. Okay, Kate Winslet. Where he's a criminal, and they make pies together. He's looking for the gems. Sneaks off into the night. He likes to snap a lot. And I know, he's very aggressive in that movie. I still haven't seen it, but I've, I, I reference it a lot, and I get it wrong all the time. Yeah, you do that with a couple... Like, there's, only, there's not too many... There's a couple movies that you're just, like, you just don't know what they're about, and I love that you just keep... They're in your, they're, they're in your reference wheelhouse... Never seen him. Don't know why. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> okay. So now this is his ex-girlfriend, I think, right? Or yes. Is it not? Yeah. Well, this... Okay, so this is the... Right. She's the one looking for Cage. Yes. She's the one that you find out sent the feelers out. She's um, the one who looks like nobody else on the island. That yes. too. Right. The only one that... Right. <laughs> <laughs> so her story turns out to be she was born on Summer Island and lots of 
children are like this. They they are sent out into the world to live amongst us, and then it's like a, a real rumspring situation. Yeah, yeah, and then they sort of like imprint on somebody or like develop a relationship. In this case, she developed a relationship with Cage, disappears. And then, through a set of mysterious circumstances, is reunited with her back on the island, only to be burned alive <laughs> at the end of the movie. Oh. <laughs> and that's, like, their M.O. That's what the women of this island do. All like, right, Cage, take a sip. Oh, this is an adaptation. Crossing that off, because it's an adaptation of a previous film. Take a sip. Cage drinks alcohol. So if we get a flashback... Oh, we did have a flashback on the boat. He flashback to when the girl well, got killed. Well, was that a flashback or a vision? Is there a difference? Oh, there's a... Big difference. It, it, it's a difference a between winning win. bingo and losing bingo. It's true. <laughs> We're really generous with the bingo cards until one of us is about to win, and then we really clamp kind of down. Like, yeah, turn the screws a little hard. Uh, like, yeah, I really wonder happen. at what point his character realizes that there's no men around. Okay, there we go. They're in Washington now. So there's got to be an island up there, right? Yeah, there's islands off the coast of, Cal- of, of Washington. You know, undisclosed ones that summer aisle for one. Yeah, no one checks up, checks up on them. So, Chris, you've never seen this movie before. That's amazing. I've never heard of this movie. That's amazing. You might want to. I'm not saying you have to do it like soon or anything, but you might over the summer one day want to check this out and like sit down with a box. This uh, one or so, the original? No, this one. Oh. And like, watch you know, watch it with no distraction. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of like I can't. It's fascinating, and then there's. You, I, I should be paying attention to you guys, but then this is just—it's so intriguing. You know, when we have guests come over to like, like when friends come over to watch these movies, like they just get engrossed in the movies. Like, no, you need to talk. Like, the point of this is like to have a dialogue about whatever's on screen, not just to watch the movie. Like, we already like we've seen this movie. We love this movie. I'm still trying to figure some stuff out about it, though. Like, that's I why don't know that you'll I ever like, be able to. No, but that's what I like about it. It's unsolvable. To a degree, <laughs> you know, and there's something there's a charm about that. Like it's not like trying to be unsolvable. It really, I feel like it. It's giving you everything you need to know. It believes it's doing that, but I think we've seen too many movies to know that it is certainly not the case. You mentioned imprint before. The next uh, contenders episode is about Twilight. So, oh, don't they imprint on each other on that? Oh, well, yeah, so like on a baby. That's the weirdest thing of that entire series. I mean, forget about that the teenage vampire is actually, like, in his hundreds or something. He, he just looks like a teenager, and he's attracted to teenage girls, but he's, like, a hundred years old. There's that joke in What We Do in the Shadows, which was just picked up for series. Did you see that? Yeah, yeah. Where, like, you know, you become, like, you look the way that you do when you become a, a vampire. vampire. Yeah, yeah. That's why I look like I'm a teenager. And it's like a 40-year-old Jermaine Clement. Like, it's just like, that's why I look like a teenager. Like, that's the joke I think that Twilight <laughs> could have gone for but didn't oh since the last time we recorded one of these uh-huh. we have a new show oh okay great yeah we never we gotta do we have any other business I forgot to ask do we have business business so what show uh, high school slumber party right you were on the first episode I know well I know I mean, you don't explain to me oh explain, uh, this <laughs> like, is you're suppo- no I thought you were announcing oh yeah we have a new Wait. show I was on that show? You were on that I show. I totally remember. No. Uh, every Friday, High School Slumber Party, hosted by Brian Rodriguez of PSL of Hoffman, which has now ended, um, he and guests and friends will go watch high school movies about high school. So yep. first two episodes apparently about Better Off Dead, because you guys apparently didn't shut up about it. Oh, man. That was, rambled on forever. We Yeah, that was a long night. 
that took forever. But that was a lot of fun. I mean, hey, you'll hear revelations about my high school years if you haven't listened to Now and That's Again, the Volume best part 4. Of these. Like, just sometimes, like, Michael just say something like, oh, yeah, like, <laughs> not this, but like, oh, yeah, I was, I was in Vietnam. And just like, wait, you, we've talked, like, ten hours a week for three years, and I don't know this. Like, how is this just coming up casually? Occasionally, I'll drop a bomb, <laughs> a personal uh, just like, revelation where, or something. Where did that come from? <laughs> One of them was actually... Were you in Vietnam? Uh, no. no. I, well, not in the war. I mean, the country. <laughs> um, uh, one time when I did it, the, the first time... Oh, you accidentally... It was muted, yourself. so there's actually, there's a real secret on one of the episodes. Yeah. But it's not that big a secret. No. It was a, it was a, a mind-blowing revelation to me, but it's not really super important in the general, in the grand scheme of things. No. But yeah, it's just like, offhand, I'd be like, oh yeah, like, X, Y, or Z, I'm just like, wait, what? Like, how am I hearing about this for the first time? While we're watching Seeking Justice. Yeah, no, you're right. It would be like if you were just like, oh, by the way, I have another brother. Oh, by the way, I have a child. You might not know. <laughs> Which I don't. <laughs> Yet. Yet. Never know. I guess it's kind of built into both Nick Cage and movies. I just feel it needs... It bears mentioning that... Oh, bears mentioning. Way oh. inappropriately <laughs> hot for Nick Cage. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, there is, okay. There, there's, there's a case of bingo card. In, <laughs> impossibly attractive woman finds Cage irresistible because that is something that happens yeah. in just about every movie. That's just like, like oh. not, not even just mildly attractive, like hey, good looking, but like I like need Jessica to Beale, jump like, you. Like, <laughs> Jessica Biel like cannot get enough Nicolas Cage at this point in his career. Just yeah, like, like prancing around. Because he's still towel. a leading man, and so like you need to have that like love story to hit the four quadrants or whatever. Just like. Well, yeah, I mean, like, we love him, but at the same time, like, why are you so smitten by this guy? And yeah, because he's horrid. Well, that's that's harsh. I, well, I mean, just physically. Well, that's... I'm sure he's a person. <laughs> so, early Cage, early Cage is, what, when he was, like, 18 years old, he had, like, he had basically LeBron James syndrome, where he was, like, a man out of high school, <laughs> and he is just, he looks, he still looks older than I do now, when yeah. he was 18, Yeah. just... You know, cut and like shirtless in every movie, and had messed up teeth. But otherwise, but like he was literally a young man. Like, a like he was a man, but a, like young in age. And like it took him like it seems like it took him fifteen years to change any kind of look whatsoever. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. um, but now you know he's no longer necessarily. I mean, he is still in a lot of movies a leading man. Mm-hmm. But he's also sort of now finally embracing like the character actor, like, the supporting actor role, and that's great. Like he doesn't have to have like this. You know, forced in love story. Like he's in Snowden, which is not a great movie, but in Snowden, he's great. Like he plays Snowden's mentor, and yeah. he's just like this, like retired general or whatever. And he's just like this, got like this crazy tinkerer in his office, and just got like three scenes. They're great, and he, the, the rest of the movie's whatever. But he's great in it. Yeah, heavy chain smoking in that one. Oh, this is a flashback. Oh, there we go. There's the flashback Bingo. of the vision, though. It's a flashback. It's a fla- What's the hit the triangle? What's the time? Timestamp twenty six twenty one, and the flashback continues. <laughs> now, would you say that? Oh, the, the girl's gone now. I mean, I'm going to get a one back later for sure. Ben Affleck, the Lost podcast. So we also were going to do a Ben Affleck podcast, and then within the span of thirty six hours, like three different news stories came out. We're like, oh, this guy is a creep. Literally, the eve we, we recorded one episode, one episode, and the eve of the next episode, all this news broke about Ben Affleck being a just super him being creep. creepy with reporters and him and, like and inappropriately like, touching all and being stuff. A, and so we were like, we got to call and we're it like, audible. oh, there's going to be and like nothing else has come out about it, which I guess is good for him. 
But I still feel like we dodged a bullet there. Yeah, well, now we're doing Charlize, and it's 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 trying. It's, She's. I, I'm. I'm having more. I'm having fun watching her performances. Though, I think more than I'd have watching Affleck. You know, I don't know if you saw the post on Twitter, but yesterday was Natasha Richardson's birthday. No. So I mean, if she was still alive, right? But oh, waking up in Reno. Oh, and it came, an episode came out. Mm-hmm. Ah. Yeah. So. That, if nothing else, is just a time no, no, capsule. Fine. I her yeah. performance. There is a, there, so the biggest fight that Mike and I have ever gotten into on a podcast was on the Charlie oh, Theron... I thought of another one we had, but it wasn't this big. Street Kings on Keanu was pretty big. Oh, well, yeah. But this was, like, this was so, a real... Sometimes, like, in a movie, I'm just like, oh, no, I have no interest in this. And Mike's like, no, it's not that bad. Like, let me try to explain it to you. This one, I was like... So there's a movie, a Charlie Theron movie called Waking Up in Reno, which... I don't, know if you, I don't know if you know Letterboxd, but Letterboxd is a social media for films. So you can, you know, log what you see, you can rate, review, you can follow other people. It's sort of like Diary. Instagram or whatever. Yeah. You can do lists and everything. So if you go to an actor's page on Letterboxd, you can see the default sort is by popularity. So, like, Mad Max is like the, the, new, the new Mad Max is like the most popular movie on Letterboxd. Like, more people have seen it than anything else. So, like, if you look on Charlie Starr, like, the first one, the Mad Max, and it goes down, like, the next most popular all of it. So her least popular movie of all time, just based on the number of people have seen, is this movie, Waking Up in Reno. And it's got bad Metacritic and bad IMDb, and we're just like, oh boy. And then I watched it, and I was like, oh, this is amazing. Like, it's just, it's like this, like, road trip goofball movie with, like, her and Patrick Swayze and Billy Bob Thornton and Natasha Richardson. And I was like, it's dumb, they're dumb, but it's amazing. And I go on the podcast, and Mike is like, I hate this movie, I hate you now for liking it. No, did I say that? No, 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 no. That was what you, that was really between the lines. I this yeah, I, I almost walked off the show, I think. I know, at that and point. we had a guest on, and she was like, oh no, like, she's like, this is a bad movie, but like, I liked it, and I was so glad that Mad Holly Gore was on, because she defended me, and I was like, no, 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 Mike, But she also terrible. defended me, too. She's but, like, yes, it's bad, but Mike, but, you're losing your mind today. I, I was like, yeah, I am, but... And so then, for like, the next six things we recorded on six different shows, Mike had this apology to her. He's like, look, <laughs> I was having a bad day. Didn't, but, didn't, but, it wasn't personal. But, but also, what else happened is the three movies we watched after that were infinitely worse. Oh, yeah. Like, like we watched the Italian that's job, the other thing. Like, my whole bad. perspective shifted after a week, and I was like, oh, you know, in retrospect, like, Waking Up in Reno is actually quite good, and I would go back and give it another shot. I'm not saying I love it or anything, but compared to the Italian to, job. Oh, the Italian <laughs> job, yeah. I would rather watch Waking Up in Reno again. what is important is, we were saying this to you before we started recording, that, like, in Charlie's movies, she's rarely with another woman at all, and when there's another woman on screen, she's not, like, usually great, just because Hollywood and movies are not great for women, but in Waking Up in Reno, there is a true, like, especially for this kind of movie, it's mind-blowing still, there's a truly genuine female relationship between her and Natasha Richardson's character, and I'm like, in this stupid movie, like, there's, like, this genuine heart and empathy and pathos and everything, and I was like, this is remarkable, and Mike's like, yeah, but fuck that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I liked it, it's just in the wrong movie for me. I was like, they're throwing it into the middle of this, like, hillbilly comedy, and so... yeah, it was a great moment, and they're great characters, but I just feel like they're in the wrong place. The whole movies are taking a road trip from, like, New Orleans or whatever up to Reno to see Truckosaurus. Robosaurus. Robosaurus. Which is like a giant, like, you know, car-eating dinosaur at, like, a monster truck rally. And that's the movie. They're just going there, and, like, the things that happen on the way. And Mike's like, this is a dumb movie. I'm like, why does, like, this need to have a plot? Like, it's just, like, goofy. And could not win Mike over, so he's nope. apolo- he apologized on this show, <laughs> he apologized on Watch the Throne, he apologized on uh, uh, the Cage th- Club. Yeah, you know, I made the rounds. 
Yeah, because... But now it's over. Ultimately, I just, you know... Oh, now the, the whole... Oh, the mayor. Intro Lily Zilbieski. Forgot she was in this movie. Now, Cage is on screen with an animal. Do you think that that little bear is the animal? I mean, he's going to be a bear. Soon. Well, be, you know, be bees later. you were excited by the use of the word bear earlier. Yeah. Um, and yes, that is foreshadowing there, because he will put on a bear suit in this movie before it is over. He is going to run around. Do you watch <laughs> Silicon Valley? I don't. I've seen the first season. So there was one episode this year where uh, Gavin Delson, who's like the CEO of basically on Google on that show, like the main competitor, and he's like, he has like one of those squeezy bears, and he's like, the bear is sticky with honey, and he like leaves, and everybody in this company is like, what does that mean? Like, what could that possibly mean? <laughs> and then he comes back, and like, the bear is still sticky with honey. Mm, but yeah. I just remembered in high school, like, for some reason, kids thought it would be cool to like try and make a bong out of one of those, but like, you could never get them entirely clean, so they'd always be sticky, and they would never work, so... Little cage club tidbit for you guys. Don't make a bong out of the honey bear. You know, we don't have a smoking game, because we don't endorse that, because that is legal. But we do have a drinking game. Yes, we do. Uh, you, you could also play a Nicolas Cage movie bingo as a drinking game, I guess. I guess you could. I wouldn't recommend it, because you'd probably last, like, five minutes. Well, I mean, you would last longer than you do on the uh, Joe 2 drinking game. I suppose. But you'd have to do, like, because right by now, one, two, three, four, five, like, even I have six marks right now, if I had taken six shots or well, something. Not, like, you don't do a shot for each one. No, I think I'm not a big drinker, so or whatever. <laughs> Gotta delegate the rules. You're not a big drinker until we all get together at the at Gold Sound. Okay, so that was a lot of fun, and I really, I had not, like, drank like that in, like, three years, and I was pounding shit that day. I don't know where I was coming from. So my other, so there's a, we have a, we have probably about a dozen different hosts on the Cave Club Podcast Network, and I do most of the podcasts either with Mike or with my other friend Joe, and Joe jokingly refers to himself as like a functioning alcoholic. You know, he drinks a lot, and he is also just a really bad influence, and so we were at this bar with a live event, and Joe was like, oh, they have a shot in beer for $6. Do this with me. And I was like, no, I'm not. I have to drive. And Mike was like, I got drip. Like, I got a ride here. And Mike got drunker faster than I've seen. Well, also because my ride bought me drinks, too. Oh, she was like, I got to go run an errand. Here's my card. Run up a tab. I was like, okay. Because she's like, because you never wow. go out. Um, so I think I even put some of Joe's uh, on my tab. <laughs> I was Pretty like, let's run up her tab. So, but for the podcast I do with Joe, they're all the, they're the sort of the hunk avenue. So with the Zac Efron, the Channing Tatum, the Ryan Gosling, the Fast and Furious, we put together a drinking game, but it's specifically based on things that we say basically every episode. So when we reference Mike, or when we reference uh, another podcast, or when we get an argument over how you pronounce the word GIF, like, all these things that happen literally every time, you're supposed to take a drink, and it's it's encouraged to make you drink, and so it's just, it's dangerous. It's, it's, it's unsafe. <laughs> there is a warning, though. There is a... Yeah. Don't drink like Joe, too. Um, oh, yeah. Back to the movie. <laughs> I feel like I'm going to throw that in every once in a while. <laughs> the thing is, like, we haven't missed anything. No, I, uh, technically he's not. He's talking to women. He's on wandered, the He's been wandering around, asking getting nowhere, getting basically. no answers, <laughs> asking dumb questions. This is yeah. also. I, I haven't seen The Handmaid's Tale, but it seems like kind of the opposite of The Handmaid's Tale in that. Oh yeah, the, that's kind of good. The, the creepy culture is a matriarchy. Oh, look at that deep reading of this film. Yeah. No, that is an. I, it's a whole other level. I didn't even consider. But that was that's good. That's that's solid. Oh my gosh! Back. <laughs> so so Nicholas Cage is the Elizabeth Moss of this world. Yeah, he's like yeah, the yeah. hero, and and here they've got like what in real life? Yeah, what mm. matriarchy would be this dispirited and angry and 
Right. One that still has to live in a world of men, probably. <laughs> but they got a whole island. They do have a whole it's island. It's a gorgeous island. But it's just it's also being infiltrated by this man that they have no interest in, you know, talking to. We find out it's run by one... There's actually a leader to the island. So I'm starting to wonder if they are bound by her will in some way. You know, she's the one that's like, we have to do this for the harvest, and everyone agrees, and it's just... It's been... I also do think that, like, it's, it's a very tenuous time. Like, he's here because they need to sacrifice him. Like, things have not been going well on the island. Right, right. So they're, it's, it's collectively they're in a state of Ooh, things could be going better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you only sacrifice people when things are going badly. Yeah, right. No, right. <laughs> if he showed up and everyone was like happy, then there's the Mayday Bowl. That's the only reference, I think, right? Because in the original one, I've only seen it once. Oh, yeah, the original one, like, it's all about Mayday. It's all, and they're running around the Maypole, and it's. Oh, it's Cajun school. Do you have school? No, have, is school oh, one? Yeah, school is one. I have school. Because he's a professor in so many movies. Oh, that's that, true. He's got kind of professorial elbow patches. Yeah, he he like so he can again he can, he can really pull off uh, teacher. Yeah, well. like as far as strictly looks, he just normally looks like a professor. To but he's only like, like English or history. Like if you want him to do something else, it doesn't really work. I also find it. And kind this of, this is Jackie Sharp from House of Cards. Oh, that's okay. Yeah, I knew. I remember this actress was in. It. I was trying to remember what she was from before we put it on. Um. Yeah, you know what is also always jarring to me when you see Cage in in real life, like walking around doing stuff and, and at things. He's more of like a like a biker, rocker type of guy. You know, he's always got like his he's got all these tats. He's always got like a exotic type of like leather coat on or Do something. Do you think he and Keanu would get along? Because they're both bikers. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, I, I mean, again, like it's my mission, and I mean, I just if I could get both of them in one movie together. Before I expire, I will die a happy. So after we're doing this, we were having like a lot. We you know we did all the Cage movies, we did all the Keanu movies, we did Shia LaBeouf, uh, which surprisingly great, great. Yeah, Shia LaBeouf did an art installation where he watched all of his own movies. He did all my movies, so we did all his. So movies. we did that too. <laughs> so we watched all of Shia LaBeouf's movies as well, and we were going to put them did all out the same day. Get to do it in real time, uh, like, as he was doing it. No, unfortunately we not. No, we, we, yeah. we, we released it on like one year anniversary of his. Installation. Yeah, and I think we did a, a one. A, did we, we did one, one a day, day, one a day for thirty days. Yeah. Um, so we tried to get creative with it, at least. Though. But we found so basically for every podcast, there's like one movie that we're like, how is how did more people not know about this? And for Shia LaBeouf, it's his first or second movie. It's called Monkey Business, and Monkey Business is a is a kids movie. Uh, but there's murder. Like it's straight up for kids. But there's murder. <laughs> uh, it. It's like a 90-minute movie that Mike and I talked about for two and a half hours. Like, it is... There's hacking. There's, like, children hackers. You know, there's not in a movie called Monkey Business. Not really a monkey. There's a monkey in it, but for, like... Probably not sex, either. No, no sex. No, but... Uh, I mean, oh, no, no, there, there no, are, no, 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 but they are talking to that guy online, and there's a real sort of, like, there's creepy... A, there's a creepy predatorial vibe to some of the, like, adult performances in it. It's... It's uh, it's one of the best worst movies ever out there. It's I think amazing. But but then on the other side of the spectrum too, like you're saying, like his mo- Shia's most recent work is like great. great. Like yeah. he's really good at a lot of that stuff. But he gets There's written off because of his attitude. The, a lot. This is this one we're talking about? The company? No, yeah, the company you keep. Yeah, Robert in it, and it's great. Robert, Robert Redford, Redford wrote, and directed, wrote it. and directed that movie, and Shia is is good. And you have a journalism background, so you were yep. like, hey, this is very much in line with like what yep. I've been taught and like how you would go about doing it. Yep. And it's got kind of an all-the-president's-men sort of like vibe going yep. on because of Redford and everything. And yeah, he's just very sort of understated in that. And again, like Cage, too, I feel like these guys get weighed down by their personal 
problems or personal image. What's the problem? Is that like both Cage and Shia should be character actors, should be like, and Brad Pitt too. We haven't done a Brad Pitt podcast, but like they're great in these weirdo roles, but because of the way that Hollywood works or whatever, like, no, you, you're like a box office draw. You need to lead movie. You need to star yeah, in movies. You can only be in big and movies. And so then all of a sudden you're, you're in a movie that like you would be a better character elsewhere or you would have a better thing. Like, you know, Brad Pitt's early stuff, like in True Romance where he plays uh, a guy on a couch. Lloyd, who's just a stoner on a couch eating cereal. Like, he's so good in that. But then because yeah. he's the most handsome man to ever walk the planet, they're like, oh, no, you can't be like a burnout on a couch. Like, you need to actually... Yeah, and then, you know, you look at him now, and he's running around World War Z. It's like the last person you'd ever imagine yep. to do a movie like that. But it's like he has to do big blockbuster movies. That's what he's getting offered. But what we were saying is that we were doing all these different podcasts, and, like, we were never having crossovers. Like, Cage and Keanu have never been in a movie together. But then finally we got to Constantine for Shia, which we had covered for Keanu. We're like, finally, crossover there. But now that we've done, you know, now we have, like, 18 different shows, there's all sorts of crossovers, people all over the place and bleeding uh, over. Although it is, it, it, that's really a cool sort of, I don't know, an anomaly or something. Whatever, you, something you find while watching an entire body of someone's yeah. work, how often they collaborate with certain people and how well those that will work together. Like, Cage like, was with Steve Buscemi in, like, four movies. And, like, you think about them, like, where are they ever together? But, like, there's, like, four movies Yeah, together. and, like, Lawrence Fishburne as well. Yeah. And then we found out with Charlize and Francis McDormand were in, like, two movies together. Back to back, yep. And then that, that, that's pretty great and stuff, so... So what do you see with Nick Cage? Like, I mean, he's... We make fun of him because he's kind of ridiculous. But. Well, and that's that's why we did the podcast. Yeah. Because we're like, we genuinely like him. The internet makes fun of him. Why? What do you genuinely like about him? He, he, he never... Until re- recently, a little bit. Some things. But he never checks out of a movie. Like, what, whether a movie is good, whether the movie is bad, whether the movie like it makes sense, whether it doesn't, he's always fully committed. Yeah, he commits. Uh, he's able to do... Every genre, as opposed to, do you see actors who don't commit? I mean, yeah, I so I don't want so we love Keanu. We love Keanu, I mean, and there did, are a lot of Keanu, Keanu who's just like, yeah, he kind of sleepwalks a couple times. Yeah, a few but, movies. Yeah. Okay, so I thought, I guess, but even Keanu guys just like can't act. Well, even okay, so like Ed Norton. Okay, I think this is oh, a good boy. example. Like, I really love Ed Norton in a lot of stuff. Yep. Like, was it like the Thirteenth Hour? I R- mean, even 25th as Hour, Twenty Fifth Hour, Rounders, Rounders, right, right. Uh, Fight Club, yeah. Italian Job. He is the worst. It is. He just doesn't. You can tell he just does not have any interest. He doesn't want to be there. Forced to do by the studio. He's like, I don't want to do this. Uh, At the end, the producer sent him a gift, and he returned and said, "Give it to somebody who would appreciate it." Like he just gave this gift back and like did not care. And like Cage was in bad movies. Cage was never like you know. There's a lot of things, but he's always interesting to watch. You never know what you're gonna get with him. And there's so much more. Like, people know this movie, because there's a scene coming up in a little bit, the bees scene, which even though if you've never seen this movie, you've probably seen him with the helmet on, with him screaming, not it's the bees, a, it's not a big the bees. Meme, yeah. People know that. People know him from Vampire's Kiss, like, screaming the alphabet. But there's, like, these weird movies that people don't know where he's genuinely great. And also, he won an Oscar. He's an Academy Award-winning actor. So also, just so, so what people make fun of him for, which is over-enthusiasm yeah. and crazy face. Yeah. Yeah. Is is the expression? It's kind of the laughable expression of yes. the quality you like. Well, he takes these things, everything seriously. We, I mean, we we enjoy it because it's fun. It's fun, but there's more. We just know that there's more to it than just him losing his mind. And I right, feel like right. recently, in these smaller movies or whatever, this is actually sort of interesting. There's a movie that came out a couple of years ago called The Trust with him and Elijah Wood, and it was these two directors, these brothers. It was their first film, and I saw it at South by Southwest because I was living in Austin at the time. 
and they said, you know, if you make a movie and get Cage in it, Cage will eat up your entire budget. Like, your entire budget goes to Cage. But if Cage is in it, people will see the movie. And so it's like a trade off like, do I, am I able to make a movie basically for no money and get Cage in it? Hmm. Still. This still applies. Still, still applies. Yeah. Uh, and also, that's like actually like a good movie and whatever. Um, but I feel like in a lot of movies lately that have Cage in it that are either, you know, straight to on demand or whatever, there is a tendency to build up to that freakout scene so that like, that's how they can market it. And like that, yeah. when it feels tacked on, we're just like, oh, like that's, I, now I know why it's here. Like at the end of this movie, um, What's the movie we just watched? The post-apocalyptic. Oh, the Humanity Bureau. The Humanity Bureau. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a he just freaks out at the end for no reason. Yeah, and we're kind just of, like, oh, yeah. It just, just to kind of check off a box yeah. sometimes. Yeah, but like they're able to take that and put it in a trailer and be like, look, it's a cage you love, and then they just get like people who are drinking with their buddies on a Friday night. Like, let's just watch this like bad cage movie. And that is a bad case. I don't like that one. He loves that. I, one. I liked it, but I, 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 I mean, it's a bad movie. But, but I, it's, uh, it's in my wheelhouse. It's like it's like this. It, it's this ironic like, and I think in a lot of things, like in a lot of the internet, there's just like this irony that like we try to be as genuine as possible. I mean, like we love like when things are cheesy. Like the the first movie that Charlie Theron was ever in was Children of the Corn Three, which is yeah. very bad. Urban Harvest, but Urban Harvest. Let me. Just... <laughs> It's corn growing in, in the, the city, city. Yep. killing people. <laughs> and it's bad, but we like it. And we're not saying, like, oh, this is a great movie. We're like, oh, this is a bad movie, but, like, it's fun. Yeah, it's so fun. What it's do you, so that's part of it, too, is is you guys genuinely like and bring earnest enjoyment to to the, like, the off-gas of popular culture. Like, the stuff yeah. that, that people make fun of, because mm-hmm. popular culture makes so much volume yeah. of stuff. Yes, right. A big chunk of it is bad. Yeah, most so, thing, most things are bad. A lot general. of it, yeah. Right, and so and only a little bit of it becomes The Handmaid's Tale or Westworld, right? Or anything like that. Yeah. So, what do you actually, what do you like about bad things? Well, that's a tricky one. That's why do t- Why do you genuinely well, like things that well, cause, are cause bad I, I, and I, I, that I people think make? A better fun answer to your question is that we don't think a lot of these things are actually bad. Yeah, I think, I think especially for Cage, like for me, like I feel I grew up with him. Like watching his movies on HBO, and I mean, so like to me, he was always a good actor. But it wasn't until we started doing the show, and I really got a chance to sort of like analyze him and stuff, where I was like, I love this guy. Like, sure, I understand like he can be taken as a joke sometimes, and all this kind of thing, and and I accept that, and I and I think that's fine and everything. But for me, deep down, like I don't know, there's just he's operating on another level that a lot of people really aren't willing. To like put themselves out there on like yeah. he's really putting himself on the line every time and like that I don't know that's really admirable and like that takes a lot of courage and you see people you know I love Clooney but it, you Clooney, know what you're Clooney, gonna get every time you see Clooney yeah, it's, it's Clooney, it's Clooney. There's Cage there's, there's always that chance that like you're gonna see something you've never seen before right. and I don't know I mean I I guess I'm just I like things that entertain me if the general public thinks that that is quote unquote something bad um, yeah. I just think it's a matter of taste like I can understand something not being quite as good as the the next thing but if I'm happy after watching it and entertained by it then I'm going to consider it something I like and I also hate good. the term guilty pleasures like I don't think that's I don't think that should be a thing like I don't think you should be embarrassed by what you like like this could be like a oh like I know the Wicker Man's bad but I like it like that's like my, it's my guilty pleasure like no just like you like it like I like this movie I know it's not good and I think there's there's definitely a difference between like bad and not good like there's just like like we're not saying this is good but we're just saying right. it's not bad 
And I think that there were some interesting choices made and that Cage was doing a thing and committing to certain things. And, you know, maybe that's not good, but it's fun. And I think, you know, we've done across the network, not just me and Mike, but, you know, all in all, like 500 episodes. And we've, I think the more you watch, like whether you're talking to them or not, but the more you watch things, the more you think about things, the more you're able to realize why things, like even if you can't articulate, you like know that something is good and sort of know why it's good or why something works or why something is interesting. And, you know, we see that with Cage. We saw that with Shia. Shia's doing everything crazy. And the same <laughs> yeah. thing, believe it or not, Channing Tatum is able to commit to things and also actually genuinely act and it's like oh this guy that people know as Magic Mike is actually like a great actor and then you watch you know this is the end where the movie where like everybody dies they go to heaven or whatever and he's playing a bondage gimp dog just like on all fours doesn't like in a full leather bodysuit you don't even know it's him and like it's just he's he's willing to commit to it it's just like oh okay yeah it's like the one guy you think would be so vain yeah. and he just like completely the opposite or something about it but but then you watch like a Keanu Reeves movie and you're like, oh, unless he's a cop or he is like a cop or an FBI yeah. agent or a stoner, uh, it's probably not going to work. Yeah, and like we set up loving Keanu, like we love Keanu, but there's a lot of Keanu movies where we're just like, ooh, like he's not great. Like believe it, or not, like he he's billed as a romantic lead. Mm-hmm. He doesn't really make good romance. Yeah. I think there's something for Keanu. We were maybe trying to approach it as he's the same age as Cage. They sort of have similar types of success. They're sort of seen the same way online. They're both as, made fun of online. Yeah, they're both made fun of online, and so we wanted to kind of compare and contrast them to a degree with that, but then it just became all Keanu because <laughs> there's just so much volume to that, and it, yeah, there's just a lot. Yeah, they're born the same we year. They started acting the same year. They both had exactly 72 movies when they when we when we started. Doing when we started, it was just like like all it was like it was like serendipity, like it all lined up, and then um, we like got halfway through and we're like, oh boy. Yeah, and there's a guy where I think as much as I love Keanu, there's some performances where I'm like, okay, he's nailing this. He's he's really bringing it home and then there's other. you watch Dracula Bram Stoker's yeah Dracula, there's others like, where I'm more like okay this must be how a lot of people view Cage sometimes it's like I get that from Keanu I see you know because he's so one dimensional yeah it's, it's, that's part really, of it it's, it's, um, not one, it's like he's not the he greatest actor things you know he's just not the, he's just very charismatic he, yeah. he has a he has a bag of tricks mm-hmm. uh but it's a very, it's kind of a very small bag. But what that, what he can do are is so amazing. Like Point Break, Speed, like his cop roles are yep. incredible. So like he really doesn't need to be a good dentist or professor or <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Like he can just be a cop. That's He's fine. He played a dentist. That wasn't that wasn't just like a. He has actually a played, a played a dentist. Um, but he's also really good as like what we call. So at the end of every podcast, like when we catch up, when we quote unquote catch up on an actor. We have an award show. So, like, we did the Cage Awards, we did the Keanu Awards. So, for Cage, we did the Golden Peaches because there's peaches in three or four different movies. Uh, for Keanu, we did the Golden Hot Dogs. And so, for Keanu, a, a category that we did that we didn't do for Cage is Best Archetypal Role. So, we did the, the, the three good ones were like FBI, Agent slash Cop, yeah, Dead Girl. Third Dead Blonde Girl, maybe? Yeah. Or the <laughs> might, same girl over and over Might again. be the same girl from before, yeah. But, like, Blank Slate, like, if you look at him in The Matrix, the reason he works in The Matrix is because, like, He's this guy in a new world, and like you believe, like you believe he's a guy who knows nothing. Like you're just like, oh, hey, yeah, he's he's a dummy. Like he plays a really good because he is for us, yeah, right? Yes, exactly. yes, and I think I think that's why a lot of like, I mean, I, obviously, I think he's you know he's an attractive dude. So like, 
you're going to get fill the seats for the women. But I think a lot of guys appreciate that about his acting. Is like you could literally see yourself as that yeah. guy because he's yeah. You could just imprint yourself on him because he is but such a blank. That again. Uh, that's the term of the day. <laughs> I think last time we recorded, uh, what was the term? Uh, witch hunt or fake news? No, it was witch hunt. <laughs> witch hunt. Because we almost watched season of the witch, but. All right, so here's his chance to get off the island. If only he could. Yeah, fly so this, this is the this is the plane that he arrived on the island in. But we think oh. that they killed the pilot and they also dismantled the plane. So they're like, "Hey, good luck getting out of here." But even if they hadn't dismantled the plane, could he fly it himself? He's a he's a how diff how how different really is driving a motorcycle from flying a seaplane? Probably the same. He'd probably take off. He'd probably ride it he on the water. Landing right? yeah. landing's thing. hard. <laughs> so I feel like there's no like you don't. You, like, you, can, you can go left or right on the seat like it's just open so if you just go straight and then you somehow figure out how to like pull back and like lift up it's just you know I guess staying in the air and then like safely leaving oh she's in this movie too I keep, keep, keep popping up yeah yeah um we still haven't met the main would you consider that the beach the water side he's buying it's not oh. really a beach I don't know it's more of a coast I already won you already won. What are you? What are you trying to fish for here? I need Cage to work out, and I'll have won. I don't think that's going to happen. No, I might get a couple more. I can tell you that much. Cage is on the phone. He was on the phone earlier. Um, I'm going to look this up real quick. I want to see who else is coming up. What her name was? The so there's Lily Sobieski. There's Francis Conroy. There's I don't know. Oh, Ellen Burstyn. Oh, Ellen Burstyn. Ellen Burstyn's right. in charge of the island. She's in charge. Okay. I kind of like how the movie sort of doles out their stars like that. Like, every 20 minutes, we're getting, like, a new character. It's, like, it's confusing Cage, and it's keeping the, the story kind of flowing. That's also like, hey, we have Frances Conroy for three days. What 20 minutes of the movie can we put her in? Oh, here, this 20 minutes. <laughs> Yeah, it does seem a little bit like that. Like, we have, like, where was Lee Lee Zobieski when he got to the island for the first couple hours? Like, we didn't... Because they never interact until that final scene where they're all together. Like, they're all Which separate. Which they've most likely filmed first, because they had everybody together, like, on that same day. Oh, look, that's straight-up Handmaid's Tale, too. Oh, yeah, look at that. See, Chris is, like, this is the first one he just gets it. I mean, I don't I don't <laughs> like that he... I don't like how little he likes Cage, but... <laughs> Gets it. I gotta say, I haven't seen that many Cage movies, so mm. I'm just kind of. Well, that's I've thing. only seen the highlights of his podcast face. for you. I feel like <laughs> I feel like that's a common thing, just in general now, when people are chiming in. Like I kind of tried to make it a point early on, like back when Ocean's Eleven came out, I was like kind of trash talking it, and then I saw it, and I was like, oh, this movie's amazing. And ever since then, I kind of tried not to trash a movie I hadn't seen or anything. Yeah. And I feel like people haven't seen Cage enough to really. Trash him already, you know. Yeah. I feel like I've seen, seen Raising a lot Arizona, of which is great, and then yeah. I saw Face Off, which is okay. all. And I was like, "Wait, that's <laughs> it? You're Maybe. bad at average, ridiculously <laughs> high." I can tell you that much. Like you know, you're, send you're, you a little you're not, list. You're not getting of, up to the plate a lot, but when you get up there, you are crushing really the seeing it. Yeah, I felt like I saw the highs and lows, but I could be wrong. No, you saw the highs. The highs. <laughs> yeah, you've seen the highs so far. Um, so I mean, I don't know. Like Face Off, he is playing Cage, but then he's playing. Yeah. As Travolta, well, Travolta's playing as Cage, and he's playing as Travolta playing as Cage. That's a whole problem, not problem with the movie, but that's how it can be a little tedious, is that Cage isn't playing himself, he's playing someone else, and so... But that makes it better. Oh, I like that about it. I'm just saying it can be... I, I can understand why people find that film tedious, is because of, you know, they're well, playing each other. because both of them are playing such... Outsized so versions arched. of each other. Yeah, that... Mm-hmm. 
Right. And it's like, I don't know, I kind of feel like Travolta's Cage is a little better than Cage's Travolta in that movie, and I don't, it pains me to say that so much, but uh, I feel like Cage is someone you could do an impression of easier, too. I mean, my Travolta is basically just like, Mr. Carter, you know, like, what more is there? <laughs> That's like, another thing. <laughs> Mike drops so many impressions, and it's, <laughs> it's staggering. They've sort me. of fallen off, but like, the show was at a point, like, hosted oh, yeah, by me, list? Joey, and like an impressionist. Yeah. You know? <laughs> What was the one that I did last time? Because I don't do impressions because I can't. Like, I just, I know that I can't and I don't try. But I did one last time. You're like, that's actually pretty good. And I was like, what? What was it? It wasn't Michael Caine. You look uh, at Michael Caine, though. I don't know. Um, you won't bury another Batman. I won't bury another Batman is the line. I, but, uh, I was like, that's a terrible movie. <laughs> doesn't sound like him at all. It sounds like you. Uh, well, th- so uh, I've been watching a lot of Graham Norton clips online because that's an, they, he just gets the most incredible, eclectic group of guests and together. All, like, all together. And Michael together. Caine was on, and he's like, the way you do a Michael Caine impression is you say, my cocaine. My cocaine? <laughs> yeah. And that's, uh, and that's, that's basically now everyone could do a Michael Caine impression. My cocaine. My cocaine. <laughs> yeah, it's so, not bad. That's it. Was it the Graham Norton so. show that Zach Efron was on where he like it was the the, the pole sideways? Oh, I didn't see that clip, but I watched Tom Hiddleston do like De Niro in front of De Niro. So uh, yeah, that was tense, but he pulled it off. Uh, did De Niro go for it? Or was no, yeah, like- yeah. De Niro was into it, yeah. Was, I mean, I don't know if he was just going along with it because he was on the couch. And, uh, of De Niro and Graham Norton is like, you've got no choice. But uh, Speaking of De Niro impressions, as we're recording this, this week was the four-year anniversary of Neighbors. Whoa. We got the whole De Niro party. You talking to me? Hey, Falk, are you talking to me? <laughs> what did I just recently watch? The King of Comedy. Have you seen King of Comedy? Mm-hmm. Okay, that is one of my favorite Scorsese movies, but I think that's top five De Niro performances. Uh, he plays a struggling comedian who is like obsessed with Jerry Lewis, who plays like a Johnny Carson type of character. Okay. And he basically, in order to get on his show to do his set, he kidnaps him. It's like the ultimate black comedy, like stalker fan. Sounds good. Thing. It's it's great. Yeah. There were a couple of movies like when Jerry Lewis died. I was like, there's a couple of movies like that, and like, was he in It's a Mad Mad Mad, Mad World? Was that him? He was in it very shortly. There's like a couple I was like, oh, I haven't seen any of these that I should see. But But um, then like, you're like, oh wait, Jerry Lewis is also like uh, a terrible, terrible human being. Yeah. Like would just be shitty to women and like say women aren't funny and all this different stuff and it's like, well, Mm, I shouldn't watch. The Bellhop is such a great movie though. It's almost one of those films where you're like, well, I'll still watch Mad Max because of all the things that Mel Gibson said. Like, I have to let some things go, you know? (laughs) Like... I mean, I'm not never going to not watch, like, The Road Warrior again, you know? I know. I remember the first time I saw this wondering, what the hell was going on with those red helmet things? Yeah, but now we know. It's Handmaid's Tale. Well, it's actually, <laughs> they're bee handlers, right? They have, like, the beehives and stuff. Oh, boy. And I think the other men on the island, they're all mutes, right? Yep, They've had, like, their the tongue cuts cut out. out. Yeah. Let's see. Wow, he's superhuman strength and speed. <laughs> He just upset the natural selection that the man was supposed to get bludgeoned by all those logs. They're basically neutered. Yeah. I'm going to cross off Wacky Wardrobe for the B-Handlers. Uh, I don't remember Wacky we're Wardrobe We're going to get being... there anyway when he puts the bear costume on. Also true. <laughs> I mean, he's literally going to dress up as a bear and run through the woods in this movie. It's awesome. I remember on the episode of the podcast trying to be like, oh yeah, that that harkens back to old like Grimm's fairy tales and stuff where like <laughs> humans would transform into animals and save people. And like I was talking out of my ass so far in that episode, which is one of my favorite episodes we've done, I With think. With Matt Holly Gore. Yeah. That's a really fun episode. 
Why don't they just kill him already? Well, because they need to sacrifice Ritual. Him. Oh, they can't just yeah. kill him. They need to, like... You'll see. There, okay. Like, there is the Wicker Man that they're going to later, spoiler alert, burn him I, in. I think a good ah. question, though, is... Because he's, he's annoying everybody. I oh, yeah. Just be like, like, all right, we don't need you walking around anymore. Why not lock him up? Or, yeah. Because then... The other thing is, like, then there would be a movie. Well, no, I, I know that, but it's just a little strange that they've... It, it seemed to, he seems to have gotten he there a little early. Animal. Uh, he seems to have gotten to the island at, like a day early or something. Oh, where, I was going to cross like, off montage when they were the, the montage of flashbacks. And suddenly there are just tons of bees everywhere. Also, keep the bike. Keep, <laughs> ride the bike. <laughs> nice honeycomb visual. Yeah. But I also mean, you can't get off the island with a bike. Try and swim to a closer island or something. There's so many bees now. <laughs> well, unless you're Charlize in well, Arrested Development, you can just drive to London. <laughs> Maybe part of it is the ritual is we have to drive him crazy too. I wish that was said. I wish there was just a little more lip service to the the rites of passage or whatever. They're up oh, there. She is again. Is she real or is it a vision? Maybe it's Maybelline. Another flashback, this time from the truck's perspective. <laughs> it's rare that you get truck POV in a movie. I mean, this in Duel is probably it, right? <laughs> I'm also going to cross off Cage Starts Running because he ran across the highway there. Have you won yet? Because I won twice already. No, no, I'm not going to win this round, I could tell. There's no singing. Well, Cage doesn't sing. He's he not keeps gonna... waking up in his bed, too. Like, just over and over again. Sort of like Keanu in that way. Follow White Rabbit. Very disorienting. How did I get to my bed? How did I get out of these clothes? I never noticed that guy before. The the butler. It's a servant, yeah. I mean, subservient. Oh. Kind of got a little bit of a David Hyde Pierce thing happening without the glasses. Oh, he got stung. It's a good thing he's not allergic. No, he is allergic. But then he... He would need like an EpiPen or they something. Just, they just said he uses kit. Oh, okay. Wow. But she can't said, even no, no, follow no. it. They it the old way. I'm watching it and I can't even follow it. <laughs> well, to be fair, we're an hour in and we haven't really paid much attention to the movie. True, true. <laughs> but I do think this is one of our best episodes yet. We're talking on. We're covering all the big themes. Do they say what the old way is? Did they lop off his penis? Uh, no. Maybe. I think it. They want. I think that they. They would go there if they could. I don't think that the filmmakers wanted to take it there. This is also only rated PG-13. Yeah. The people, uh, yeah, that, they, can't, yeah. They, didn't really, they can't go too crazy. Mm-hmm. Although we are watching the unrated cut. Well, well what's... And that's just because they, um, when they put the, pour the bees on his head. That's yeah. the only thing that got cut out of the theatrical cut. Which um, is dumb. But what's weird... Uh, maybe it's not weird, but what's diff- strange about the original one is, like, there's just... If, if I recall, like, wall-to-wall nudity. <laughs> there's lots of, like, sexual... St- it's very sexual, the first one. It's much more about, the, like, the, the um, that rite of passage than, like, the actual harvest. And this one, they just bounced all of that stuff and they're just like nah let's just try and make it a straight up horror movie who directed the original one I don't know the only did this one so what's weird, okay. So the more movies that we do for the podcast the more weird crossovers that we did we did this movie for Charlize called The Life and Death of Peter Sellers and it's <laughs> terrible because Peter Sellers is a garbage person and I don't know if you realize this but like whenever it's like a biopic of a man generally the moral is Hey, they're a garbage person. <laughs> hey, you know this guy that you might have liked? Hey, you know Johnny Cash walked the line? Well, he was terrible. Let us show you. Let 
to show you beating his wife and whatever. <laughs> um, poor Reese Witherspoon. So we watched Life in the Future. That wasn't his actual wife. Drew, no. Drew Cash Carter? No. no we, Reese Witherspoon. Oh, yeah, not his actual wife. Uh, but we watched Life in the Future. Sellers. Terrible. But Charlize plays this woman, Britt Eklund, mm-hmm. and weirdly is known for the original version of this. We're like, mind blown. Not really a connection, but sort of a kind of a whatever, sort of a kind of a connection. And here she is. Brit. That's who Charlize plays. So really pretty. Looks a lot like Charlize <laughs> to begin with. Yeah. Um, there she is. Alan Burstyn. Yep. I wonder if we were paying closer attention to this. I wonder, like, I feel like because her outfit, very natural colors and everything. Oh, it's like like honey because she's the queen bee. Because they they raise bees there, and she's the queen. Such a good movie. Um. Yeah, Rec Room for a Dream. Did she get the Oscar for that? I don't know. Because I that's the segment of that movie that I can't watch anymore. Like, everyone's like, oh, the drugs and the other thing. And it's like, no, her segment is what tweaks me out when I'm watching that movie the most. Like, just freaky and scary and just, it's like a constant fever dream. Another fun part about doing these is that, like, we each tell the other one, like, five movies. Like, you, oh, you have to watch this movie. And I'm like, I'm never going to watch Like, it's just, there's too many movies. There's too many movies. Yeah, I think that's another thing too. Is like some I, a reason I don't remember everything about this is because like I have to make room for other stuff. Oh, like, I, I have, like Cage had a new movie coming out. I have to make room for that. No, Sorry, I have the worst memory about movies. I can still remember way too many Limp Biscuit lyrics, but I don't know like <laughs> vice presidents or state capitals or like remember what happened to the end of the Wicker Man. I forgot Limp Biscuit was even a band until you said chocolate that. starfish and the hot dog flavored water. Um. They had that good song, and I like that one with Method You know Man. Fred Durst is directing a movie, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, yeah, he's got all that Limp Biscuit money. got to do something with it. No, I think he's got no more oh. of that Limp Biscuit money, oh. which is why he's doing this. Although, how do you... Mm, I don't know. Limp Biscuit was like, they exploded on the scene, and then they just they came vanished without a trace. <laughs> I remember their original tours. They, they put like a giant toilet out on stage or something. Did of you course, ever see? Of course they were. Wait, did you ever see them? No, no, but I would okay, see. Okay. I, would, I mean, I'm. You know, when I was in high school, they were still airing MTV and stuff. So, like, I remember. You just, did just you ever own like a red 19- Yankees hat? Did I own a red Yankees hat? Like Fred Durst has in the Nookie video. Oh, God, no. no. Do you have a puppy No, jacket? no, no, no. Wait. Okay, okay oh, hold on. But this was much earlier. So, this was 1992. I had a Raiders jacket, a starter's coat, oh. a Raiders jacket. NWA style? <laughs> exactly. There you go. But I was a white kid from the suburbs, and I was 12 years old. Like, what was I doing? Rap is an industry because white kids like you That's buy exactly rap right. Albums. I remember when Criss Cross was on In Living Color. The next day, all so these is, people is, showed up to school to with their clothes backwards. This is when to keep in mind that Mike is eight years older than me, and like his entire world of references <laughs> is like, nope. <laughs> I, I know all I know about them is that they were the were the clothes backwards. Yeah. I can't name a song by them. I don't jump. know. Oh, okay. The Daddy Mac will make it jump. Um I I was I was spinning that well well into the two thousands, but <laughs> Oh yeah, Mike's also a DJ. I was gonna so, do the I was gonna I was gonna make a bad joke that Brian actually did at the beginning of Rocky Three, or Kyle did. Uh, he's the rapper. Oh, yeah, yeah, player, yeah. Whatever. I'm surprised I didn't pick up on that being the DJ and everything. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, 
they sharpen her teeth to make them kind of vampiric? Vampiric? I mean, or is that her teeth? I honestly oh, don't know. Let me check. You know, I wouldn't. Is be... she immortal? See, that's. I wouldn't be surprised if they did something subtle like that because she is supposed to be. Oh, I see it now. What do you mean subtle like that? Like she. Chris is barely paying attention to the movie. He's picking up on. Well, that. I've seen this three times and I never caught it. <laughs> I don't know. I that might. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Why? Why not start there? I thought that's that's a pretty legally actionable response on vampire lady. What? What happens to the boys? That depends. Oh, well, you know, that would. That but would he's be also like, you have to keep in mind he's outside of his jurisdiction. He can't. He's just a highway patrolman in California. He's basically but, chips. But but he's still in America. Like this is still America. Is it or Summer's Island's own? Is oh. it like Pretoria? Oh, so like uh, maybe yeah. it's in international waters. Right. They could. Right. Yeah. Immunity. <laughs> Diplomatic immunity. Bear plum. Bee plum. What? Trying to trying to fit in like bear or bees into a pun into diplomatic immunity diplomatic immunity. Hmm, that's a stretch. That's but. a stretch. The only thing that Mike and I like better than doing podcasts is coming up with names for other podcasts that we're not going to do. I real I don't want to do this podcast, but we came up with Jill and Hollux Anonymous. Just because it's a great name. Yeah. I want to do that show though. We're not going to. We, we no. I mean, Probably if you not. guys are doing like a series on Babe Men. He's pretty babe. He is. he is. So I didn't tell you this. So my my friend's wife it's more works your... for Penguin Publishing. Shout out Penguin. And they apparently put Slide. out a coloring book of all hunky men. And the book I think is called Swoon. And in that book, Zeph, Channing, Gosling, Keanu. Oh, Kate's not in it. All the ones you do podcasts about, though. But they're all in there, and like they're all just like, and so there's like little facts about them. There's like a color, a picture you can do, and there's like a, a, a circle out of ten. It's like rate them, and then for Gosling, it has it says we did it for you. We know he's a ten out of ten. <laughs> it's great. It's so good. And you wonder why like all of your listeners are like, oh teenage, no, we, teenage girls. We love our female <laughs> listeners. No, I'm not saying that it's bad. I'm just saying, you know, there's no need to wonder why. Well, I mean, we say it on the podcast all the time. Joe yeah. and I are the gayest straight men you'll ever meet. <laughs> like, we are infatuated with these men, but, you know, not into them. Yeah, it's healthy. I mean, Magic Mike's, uh, I avoided that movie for a long time, and I saw it. It's like one of my favorite movies now. You watched XSL, right? And then I watched XSL. It's still very Have good. It's not Magic as good Mike as the XXL? original, though. I saw a trailer. Oh, my God. But Magic Mike's 1 was like, oh, I thought I knew what, like... What it meant to be a man. <laughs> like, no, no, I'm, now, now I'm learning like all these new game. things about like <laughs> Magic Mike XXL is like even that too. The most sex positive, hopeful, optimistic, just fun movie. Like it's in a movie about strippers. Like it is. It has great messages, and it's just so much fun. And also, yeah, if you're into is... like watching these impossibly ripped guys do impossible dance moves, like also great. Well, Channing Tatum does a head spin on a chair while a girl's sitting on it yeah. in Magic Mike's too. Mm-hmm. Like, he is a legit amazing dancer. Yeah. The stuff he does in Magic Mike's is just all him. Yep. And it's not a... He doesn't have a... No stunt double, double. none of that. No, because he was a stripper. He came from the world of stripping. Did you know that or did you not know that? I didn't know that. Yeah, he was a stripper. Like, Magic Mike is, in, in a way, sort of like a autobiography. Like, it was written by his friend. Like, he is a former stripper oh. uh, who, you know, became an actor. Crazy. And now... Uh, I thought he'd been famous forever, Channing Tatum. He's been in movies for 12 years, 13 years. Also, did something happen to his body where he used to be skinny and then he got roided Ripped. out? 
he so he was very lean. We dive into this a lot on our podcast on those podcasts, but we talk about <laughs> different body types. Like he's just he's always been like a bigger guy, like just not like not heavier, but like he's got a bigger frame. Uh-huh. And so I think you know he was really really skinny in those early movies, like Havoc and Step Up and everything. And then I think just over time. I, just, I think just the, honestly the, the demands of Hollywood like if you're a leading man you, you need to up. look you need to be able to sell this movie with your shirt off at like one just, point he was G.I. Joe so yeah. literally had to like bulk up mass uh, up all uh-huh. that stuff and things so yeah that was huge it's too bad that G.I. Joe wasn't a better movie because that would have been his I've franchise I've never seen it I grew up with the cartoon so I was like I was right at the point where I was like okay I'm gonna go see this I'm gonna check this out got to be better than Transformers, right? And <laughs> It's like right up there with Transformers. Oh, what we found it's like, oh. doing, Shia, doing the All His Movies podcast for Shia is in the Transformers movies, when the robots are not on screen, actually pretty good movies. <laughs> robots come <laughs> yeah. on screen, it's like, oh, I, I don't, I'm not interested in it. If that movie was called People... If it was, a, it, was and like, it was just about the people about in Sam Witwicky and his parents. It's like, oh, okay, cool. Like it's a, like they're cool. Like, they make some nice jokes. Yeah. yeah, nice jokes. Megan Fox is pretty good in the first one. Shia definitely feels like a prepubescent teenager running around, yeah. <laughs> trying not to get caught doing stuff. And then the robots show up, and it's like, oh, cage underwater. Do you have cage swim? I mean, I'm sure it's a thing. I do like this music. Yeah, that's the one thing about doing the commentaries we don't get to re-experience is some of the scores and things like that because we generally have the volume way down. But, you know, like, when we did the last two at my house, we had the volume up louder and actually you can sort of hear it in the background. Like, it kind of works. Okay. Well, you could do that when you listen to actual Blu-rays, too, sometimes. I mean, even the earlier ones, you can kind of hear them watching the movie. Yeah. So they're going, that's fine. I'd love to know how long he gets stuck under there. Probably a while. I don't have extreme facial expression t- crossed off, and I feel like that's an oversight. Oh, absolutely, because okay. even when he said, what's in the bag, a shark? Okay. Like, when he said shark, he, like, his whole face changed for a minute. Here, I mean, there's extreme This is the third too. or fourth flashback to the same event. At least. Well, yeah. I mean, if, this is, like, Rocky-esque in terms of his flashbacks. <laughs> so back in December, Mike and I, along with Kyle and Brian from the PSL of Hoffman podcast... Was it this past December? Or was, no, it was last December. It was, it was like a, a year and a half ago. It was almost a year. Yeah, it was over a year now. We saw, we went up to Yonkers, to the draft house in Yonkers, and we saw all seven Rocky movies back-to-back. In a row. It In one day. Almost killed Mike. <laughs> um, it so I, it was rough. I'm sure you've seen, just being a person who's alive, you've probably seen at least a handful of Rocky movies. I don't know if you realize what percentage of those movies is flashbacks to earlier movies until you watch them all in a row. You're like, oh, I just saw... Half of this movie. <laughs> yeah. Two hours Again. ago. Yeah. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. You're literally rewatching half of the last movie. Especially Rocky Balboa, that one that came out like 10 years ago, because it had been like 15 years since the fifth one and probably 20 years since the one that anybody had seen. Yeah. They were they just had to like. Remind people. They, they had to remind like, them. So, like, every literally scene. half that movie is references and flashbacks to earlier movies. It's like, yeah, but like, we just watched them. <laughs> yeah. As much as I love and did an episode of. Rocky 3, which is a great one. I tell people Thunderlips. You really just need to see the first one, the fourth one, and then Creed. And that is like the Rocky trilogy for me. We wanted to do one podcast where we watch Rocky 4 every week for a year. <laughs> but there's another podcast called The Worst Idea of All Time or The Greatest Idea of All Time? It's, it's either The Worst, the worst or The Best. I think it's The Worst and Idea of All Time. And they do the same thing. Like they did uh, Grown Ups 2. They did Grown Ups 2. They did Sex and the City 2. 
Then they did We Are Your Friends, which is a Zac Efron movie where he plays a DJ, which is which legitimately like amazing. For, <laughs> uh, of course, we're gonna like. <laughs> and so they just did that for a year. We're like, we don't want, we want, we don't want like ape their style. But yeah, so kinda, kinda, like when we when we started Cage Club, we did a little bit of research. There were a couple. Pause for a quick freak out. Pause. <laughs> um, there were a couple other Cage podcasts, but they were like infrequent. And I really do feel like for all the shows on our network, the ones that we do, the ones other people do, I'm like, th- there's two things. I, all I want is two things. And if you do these two things, you too, Chris and I, could you guys have podcasts on our network? I want you to sound good. Like we know how to record and have good sound quality, so we know how to like, easy do that and hit a consistent release schedule. Whether you release it every month, every week, every two weeks, whatever you want to do. There is a real value to people who listen to podcasts, whether it's five people or five million people or whatever, that when you are expecting a podcast to come out, it better be there. Yeah. And so my only thing is really – and, like, you know, we've put out 500 episodes, and I think maybe three of them have been late by, like, a day. Like, it's not been – It's that, not yeah. been – that's why Monkey Club died, because Monkey Club just could not – Could not maintain the scan- schedule, yeah. But it's just when people are listening – just okay. Hit your <laughs> terrifying, <laughs> terrifying. Hit your release schedule. What was that? No explanation. Just, just one-eyed guy, and then Kate just like, sure, leave. Yeah. What? Like that's normal. Like I was expecting to see that. Okay. <laughs> Little honeycomb nod on the point. door there. Wait, here's another one. Release schedules. He's totally cool with this, also. What's well, Lily? Is that Lily or no? No, 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 no. He's a little more freaked out by that. He's got the but beard. Oh, there you go, Joey. <laughs> but he's not as freaked out as I would be if I saw opened the door and first saw a man with one eye with all these welts and then a lady with a bee beard. Beard. <laughs> with a beard. <laughs> and then look how Ellen Burstyn sleeps. In a queen's hive, in a queen's nest. But she's got all of her drones around her. Yeah. All right. I feel like it's starting to ramp up again here. <laughs> okay, I do feel like me. also if he's exploring the whole house and and stuff. Yeah. It was misleading because I thought that he was walking up the oh, staircase yeah. to see her and then he's gone. He's told she's told by somebody. So he got scared out of the house probably by by beard. Elmer, by beard. And then we got Jackie Sharp wearing a bird mask just biking around town. And she's she's brunette too, so so she good or she not? I don't know. Does that make her? <laughs> Why is she talking to him like it's like King Arthur's time? Do you think they've been there since like the Middle Ages, like that, like medieval times? I hope so. I like that he's had a gun apparently this entire time, and this is the first time <laughs> he's pulled it an hour and eighteen minutes into the movie. <laughs> he's finally found a use for it. He's got to point it at a woman. That is like it's just the reinforced if you think that's bad, he's gonna sock one in a few minutes. It is he. Oh so shining twins grown up. Now that now I remember. So yes, the girl in the beginning really did die. She had a twin sister. Oh, that's right. And that's who they've been using to mess with Cage on the island. He's actually been seeing the twin sister twin of the sister. girl. Man. What a neat <laughs> movie. So complicated. Did he need the bike that badly? <laughs> I want to know, can we go to this filming location? It's awful pretty. I mean, I want to shoot my own wicker man. <laughs> now, here are all the guys. This is like all the guys on the island, probably. Oh, 
We are mere moments away from him punching a woman, though. I think. I think it's in this scene. Doesn't he do it twice? Does he? Do oh, there's it? a couple times. I think he might kick a woman. I think he might punch a woman. It's jarring when it happens. <laughs> it is. I mean, even when you I know mean, it's happening, you're never really prepared for a man to punch a woman in a movie. But it's just man, he is strutting around. <laughs> is that Amy Poehler? No, 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 no. But she's. I recognize her. Murder charges. <laughs> There's the one F bomb for the movie. I am People out of my you're jurisdiction. You're one of them. <laughs> it's true. <Whoops. laughs> Fooled you. <laughs> I love. There's so many things about this I love. I love that the girl is hiding in the closet the entire time. Like they're like, okay, oh, he's going to show up at some point. Just get in the closet, hide in the closet, <laughs> and mess with him. I like that she falls out. I like that the the mom thinks it's the funniest thing in the world. <laughs> Look at him, just like. Now he's really... He's looking for the girl. I know, but you're not supposed to just There's like... There's twins. Everybody's twins now. It's getting all kicky. You know... He doesn't punch a horse. <laughs> That's in... That, yeah. Um, Blazing Saddles. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mongo walks up to the horse and punches the horse. The way they shot that was they filmed it in reverse. So the horse actually... Stood up. Oh. And then filmed it in reverse, so it looked like they punched him. Movie magic. I like that we've now given more insight into Blazing Saddles than we have in Wicker Man. <laughs> well. That's how you we see do. his hair is getting more frazzled. Yeah. Is this a beach? That's a beach. No. Is that a beach? That's, That's a beach. Is that black like sand? A rocky beach. Yeah. Okay. I'll give you a double win. I wouldn't go sunbathing on that beach, though. <laughs> Oh, but not every beach. And the plane is completely anything. sunk? Wait, it's too shallow. No, man. Did it sit? Oh, here's the dead dude. Ah. ah. What happened to his mouth? Birds? Oh, so it's, his mouth it's wicker. Ooh. There's wicker in his hands and there's in his mouth. Oh, I just put that together. Whoa. Like, as bad as... Uh, if you say this movie is bad or whatever. Like, I, I see where you might be coming from. But like, <laughs> <laughs> it's undeniably creepy at times. Like, there's like the, 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 the kids... The, 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 the animal masks like it's yeah it's, it's unsettling yeah. yeah I just wish everyone was on the same page when they were making this you know because if Cage was removed yeah. from this like yeah. it would be a, an actual I feel like it would be an actually workable kind of creepy horror thing but Cage is just in his own movie I mean, well he does in the old abuse movie and then everybody else is in a different movie this is the woman he punches oh good is that Kathy Bates no. No, but it, it, she it should totally should be. be on this island. Kind of looks like Kathy Bates. Yeah. Yeah. He is just no more words for this guy. <laughs> like she's just giving him so much eye sass. Oh! <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> what the? We <laughs> told you it was coming. I said you. I didn't even... realize it was without words. I thought they were going to exchange words. Even knowing you can't be prepared. <laughs> yeah, that is. Um... <laughs> Jesus. That is one of the most shocking scenes. <laughs> Just because he's frustrated, I guess. The, there's something keeps, that the silence, him. the like, the eye shade that she's throwing, the tension, and then it just comes out of nowhere. The last thing I was expecting was for him to throw a punch. 
He's a lefty punch, too. He's not a lefty in real life, is he, or is he? Oh, do you think he went that far into his character? Where he's like, this character's going to be a lefty. <laughs> I've only played a lefty oh, twice. Oh, here he is, putting on the bear costume. That he just finds lying around. Oh, but first he has to fight another girl. It's Lily, I think, right, or is it not? I Wait, think why it is. Why is he putting on a bear costume? Unclear. <laughs> it's just there. Why is she attacking him? Well, I think help. she is now trying to restrain him. Well, the sacrifice is beginning. I yeah, guess, like this is the, the this is the ritual now. It's starting, so they have to, you know, confine him, confine him, and <laughs> I mean, they've shown him that he's, you know, he's cinematically oh. strong. It's a kick. They're like one on one. He just he just kicked the woman into the wall, and you didn't even bat an eye. <laughs> well, after you see the first punch, that's it's true. <laughs> There's so you, much to absorb. I think the costume was supposed to be for the first woman he punched out. She was going to put the bear on and be the bear in the parade. And so now he's going to put the suit on and sneak around pretending to be her. Oh, and everybody else. Spoiler alert, does not work out. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, because I think she just shows up and is like, that's not me or something. She says something. Also, wouldn't they have a Wiccan ceremony at night? Yeah, because you would, I mean, the fire would be way more impressive because also he wouldn't up. dig up a grave at night. They're kind of flipping the time. Oh, this movie flips the script on everything. You think you know? <laughs> you think you know about Wicker, Wicker Man and Wicker Man and ceremonies and whatever? I think the first the first half of the movie during the first time we watched it for the podcast, I was like, I was like, yeah, they they should really confine this guy to like a room or something. And then the second half, I was like, yeah, this should be happening during the day, and that should be happening at night. Like, yeah, those are glaring. Oh, <laughs> Looks like he got eaten by a bear for a second. Nobody around can see me. <laughs> oh, boy. Because it, it's still sad that he thinks he can trust her. Right. She, um, she's can't? sort of she's like... She's so pretty. You would think that you can trust her. Cause why, yeah. That's how she, she honeypots you. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> What's that from? It's from a Channing movie, I think. Is it? I always thought that was just to get your hand stuck in the... Oh, no, it's a Zeff movie. But that's like a saying. Wait, they can't see his face in there? I just saw his face. His is the only costume that isn't like a paper machine. There's his face. Yeah. Right there. That's uh, (laughs) dude. I think it it looks like he's being eaten by a bear to me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, it's from the interview. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, that's right, that's right. When they, uh... We're talking to Kim Jong-il. Yeah, and they... they Kim Jong-un. They're sweet. They're, 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 <laughs> the third woman assaulted. Go. See, they think that they're about to burn her, but she is just... Bait. The, yeah. Exactly. Did they kill the twin? Well, the, the one girl died. This is the other girl. This is the twin, right? This is yeah. the twin? Yeah. Yeah, so we're still unclear about if the the sort of the bait at the very beginning. Like, were they really trying to escape the island, or were they just there to get Cage's attention and sort and of be a sacrifice, self-sacrifice, right, for the ritual or something? Part of me still wants to believe that they were truly trying to escape from the island. But they don't seem like in a rush. She's very calm. But she drops Strange the doll. Yeah. No, 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 but the, girl, the little girl's like a little annoying little girl. She's throwing the doll at the window. Yeah. The girl is also like, the girl probably doesn't know what's going on. The mom is just like, oh, I'm sorry, she does this. She's buckled so, in. So, on one level, I guess the movie's doing its job, and I don't know what the hell's going on. <laughs> is, that, <laughs> is that doing its job, or is that not doing its job? Well, because that's never explained? 
The, no, the, mm. the whole beginning. Thing that, that whole you keep opening back to that. Oh. Yeah, the one that right the the, the moment <laughs> of so important that he keeps flashing back to it three times. You never get a straight answer on. He's finally got some cell service. Case on the phone. Who's Pete? So that might be the guy with the mustache at the police station that we saw because there's only like one other actor in this movie that <laughs> we talked to guys <laughs> yeah. the rest of their tongues cut out <laughs> they couldn't speak um man I have almost filled up I almost did a blackout of this card that is crazy this is the big finale here yeah. oh good she's in on it too yeah the final piece she's lured them did I do it right mommy oh Rowan you were so good <laughs> I will shoot all of you in the face. You know what I wish. <laughs> I wish. I mean, this, the, it wouldn't be this movie. I wish he pulled a Keanu on the end of Devil's Advocate and just like, oh, you need me. Oh, and killed Boom. himself. Wow. Then that... it resets. <laughs> and then you just see like the entire like the crops just scorch in an instant because it and there's no supernatural. Wicker, there's no Wicker Man in the movie called the Wicker Man. <laughs> I like the fish. Mask. I don't get the fish though. Out of everybody, I. I mean, I. I don't get why they're wearing so here, masks, here's but, where I mean, we're getting the all just... the answers <laughs> mm-hmm. you've always lived here Nicholas Cage he's got the big bruise because he punched her in the face well yeah you should feel proud you're so noble and Like, I really do... I mean, I mean I, if I was in the situation, I don't know what I would do. I wouldn't kill myself. But you have to wonder, like, he's not going to get out of this. Like, he doesn't know that he's not getting out of this. Like, yeah, I guess they don't, he doesn't know what they want from him. But well, he's been trying to piece it together. There's something about a harvest. Something's going down. I mean, the movie just... It, it sort of feels like it's supposed to be a big twist. Oh, you're the one we're going to kill. But I kind of feel like it's been leading to that we just don't know how they're going to do it and when we find that out that is the shock Mm -hmm. what they end up actually doing to him um, to prepare him for sacrifice so betrayed by Willow I like her um, half the the light in the day the day and the night on her makeup with the blue and the white I wish they were all sort of more symmetrically made up like that like with the face paint I think they probably had a limited kind makeup of, budget. I feel like half of this was shot during a Renaissance fair, like with all of the uh, outfits and everything. There are more men in this movie than I remember. They just don't, you know. Yeah, especially don't in that talk one shot. So yeah, I guess that's what happens to the boys they have on the island is that they let them grow up there, but they have to be silent servants. Boy. See, this is what happens. Like, we finally. Oh, get so to... wait. Those are the people from the station wagon. Are they? Oh the family. It kind of looks like. Could that be? So here's a here's a dirty little secret about myself. I cannot tell people apart. Hair confuses me. Like, you know, <laughs> people have face blindness. If you if you like like if Anne went out and like came back a different not... hair, I'd be like, who who's oh, this new person? Oh, a new photographer. Like, I don't know what it is. Oh, that's why he also couldn't kill himself. Oh, oh they took all the bullets. bullets. Oh, Willow. 
But I don't know, like, I can't tell who's who. But, oh, okay, so here's where it cuts in the theatrical version from here. Everything from here on, these next couple moments are not in the theatrical cut. So when they bring these logs in and all of this. It basically just cuts from him kicking a girl, <laughs> and then all of this is cut out. But, yeah, now they're going to break his legs. Oh. And then they they get him ready with the bees. Yeah, if you thought he was having a rough time up to this point, you... Yeah, this day is about to get real bad. Speaking of Kathy Bates, didn't she like do that? Yeah, that's this is her yeah. misery. Yeah, oof. It's okay. The second one's not as bad. One of us. That's the whole thing. It'd be really great though, like if at the end that like the sky opened up and like tentacles came down and like there really was like a god that they prayed to and it was like I bless you with harvest. I almost spoiled the movie that the end is like that, but I'm not going to spoil it. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, right? Came out like five years ago. Horror movie. Oh, yes, okay. Great movie. Something about a cabin? <laughs> I wasn't I wasn't going to say it. No, so, but that's the one, yes. right? Okay, so that's all. So, Chris, you've never seen like this gif of them, of the bees? No. So this is like mega popular on the internet. People use this as like a, oh look, he can't act. <laughs> but the whole movie's like this. You know, that right. it fits in with the world of the movie. Like, And actually, that yeah. you know, that's well done. Yeah. I, I, would, I would freak out. There you go. I think those are, those I gotta mean, be out CG, of context, right? a lot of things are dumb, you know? Those gotta be CG. Yeah, oh yeah, that was, that was pretty bad CGI. <laughs> CBI? CBI? CGB. No? CDB. Do you remember the book CDB? No. There was like a book series like CDB where it's like you could see it's a like CDB and there's just like a B flag around and it was all like little sort of like Oh, well, there's the EpiPen. So I was looking up, you know, I was researching novelizations as I of course. want to do. Because uh, I was like, oh, you know, they're doing Highlander over on uh, Real oh. Bad. Am I ever going to do Highlander 3? I was like, no. But there's an entire series of Highlander novels and Predator novels. I was like, wow. Independent just- or like novelization all stuff? Right. No, like independent. Wow. Okay, so here's where the theatrical cut comes back. Yes, yeah, so remember when they, they knocked the, So it's just all that last stuff that we saw, all that like craziness, just wasn't in the theater, so. Hmm. Can you imagine? I would have been so. I mean, I wouldn't have, you wouldn't have known, I guess, but like. Why would you cut that out? Like. Was that for to get it to PG 13? It must have been to, be, to get it to PG 13. I guess the breaking of the legs is pretty brutal. Yeah, maybe the bees weren't done as a special effect yet. There we go. There's the titular wicker man. And now you're in the sack. Yeah, that's the shark sack. <laughs> and he's in it. I'm just going to cross off Cage Dies. Because <laughs> there's no twist ending. He's, he's about to die. <laughs> oh, okay. He doesn't get free. No, no, no. So it's I a, wound it's up a with great bleak ending for our hero. Including the middle square. 17. Wow. I have eight. I got. I, well, That's it? I mean, religion and spirituality. Oh, definitely. But magic and mysticism. Yeah. I still don't have. He didn't smoke or do drugs. No. No titular line. 
the singing. So I like this too, is that he's being sacrificed with all these other animals too. <laughs> it just like brings him down a level, I guess. <laughs> it's like, Cage, you're nothing more than just like a goat or a, a sheep or something. It's wonderful. <laughs> Willow does look pained. She doesn't look like she's enjoying this. I don't, yeah. I think she's hard to read. <laughs> she's a tough read. Is that an actress we know? Not that I'm aware of. I mean, I don't recognize her. I just said I don't recognize anybody ever. This is great how they have the little girl light him. That is just like... That's cold. Yeah, that's... Or is it real warm? (laughs) (laughs) Is that his daughter? Yeah, I think so. Is this true? So he, he knocked, yeah, up, that's the he knocked up Willow and she was pregnant with twins? No, no, not necessarily. Just that there's lots of, like, two... I think it's that they're... Yeah, that they're twins? I guess Just so. they're two girls that look alike? I think it's just... It's tough. If, I mean, I go and drop my nephew off at school in the morning and just kids just look so much alike. Like, blonde kids are blonde kids. Brunettes are brunettes. Hey, like, you got my thing. It's really hard. I do, but only for kids. Like The drone... Oh. Mm. More bee stuff. Now she's into it. And Lily's back. She's covered up her bruises with some makeup. Lily looks like Evan Rachel Wood, or am I crazy? No, that's a great call, yeah. You know, Evan Rachel Wood did some interviews after Westworld, looked more like a cyborg in real life than in the show Westworld. I feel like that's mean. No, because she had, like, makeup, like, in Blade Runner. She had, like, the pris oh. eyeliner. She was wearing, like, uh, like a leather, shiny leather well, jacket. Thing, like, in Westworld, she's not supposed to look like a robot. She's supposed to look like a person. Yeah. I follow her on Twitter. I don't know why I follow certain people. I just like Westworld, so I follow her on Twitter. Dolores. Is that I'm, the same person from Westworld? No. She looks like the woman from Westworld. The uh, badass drone. Badass... I've only seen one episode of Westworld. No, I don't think so. She oh, was she even was an old timey camera. They don't have a digital camera. They got one from like the eighteen yeah. hundreds. So now the question is: Is the ending? The ending's not in this version. I don't think. Right? It's just is it a special feature. Or is oh, the okay. So in the theatrical cut, there is an extra scene after this before the Franco. credits. Not only James Franco, but it's it's James Franco and Jason Ritter. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where they're just so. in that diner where Cage was in the beginning for Johnny Ramone. <laughs> because here's... A, here's <laughs> that's here's, the movie. That's the movie. <laughs> so it's for Johnny Ramone because Cage was really good friends with Johnny Ramone. And Johnny Ramone was like, hey, do you know this movie, The Wicker Man? Like, the original. And Cage was like, yep. oh, I've never heard of it. And, like, he's watching, loved it. And so then... That's why he did this. And Johnny Ramone passed away. Johnny Ramone passed away. We did an episode about that, Too Tough to Die, and And Johnny Ramone. if you listen to the audio commentary on Wind Talkers, Cage tells a Johnny Ramone story about hanging out with him and stuff like that. That's pretty cool. So So that's why it's for Johnny Ramone, because he introduced Cage to this world of the Wicker Man. But so at the end of the theatrical cut, and there's a special James Franco is in this. Yeah. So they're they're not in this version. Like, they're credited, but they're not in this. We could put that scene on after. So there's a diner they go to... And they're just there, and you see Willow or whoever, like, pick them up. Like, oh, like, hey, like, you're a couple no, of these guys or whatever. Yeah, like, Lily Zobieski shows up and is, like, picking up guys at yeah, the bar. So it's gonna, the whole cycle's going to start again. Yeah, so they were sent out into the world now to find new guys for when the next harvest comes. i got to say, that sounds like a better ending. Because this is just kind of, yep, 
Well, this uh, is a real the, downer of an ending. Like, yeah. This is like a oh, he just died like and then scene. scene. Yeah, yeah. done. The other one's a real twist ending where it's like here we go again. That like, sounds better. Yeah, man. real M Night Shyamalan. I'm <laughs> gonna stop using him and in reference to twist endings though because it's been it's been so long. I feel. I just think of it because there's that one robot chicken, or then, robot chicken episode where it's like, what a twist! But then no one else is making twists, so I guess we gotta leave it. You gotta stay with to M Night. We gotta stick with M Night. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we we sit through and watch all the credits too because we're never sure there might be a uh, post credit scene. There's been, we've been surprised by a couple. Hmm. I'm pretty sure there's not in this one. I know for a fact. So in adaptation, which is a terrific movie, it's where Cage plays twins. Uh, Wait, adaptation? Yeah, the, yeah. It's a movie. Um, what? Susan Orlean? Yes. Orchid Thief? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't yeah. remember he was in that. Okay. He's the star of it. He plays twins. Uh, so you've huh. seen three Cage movies. You've seen three great ones. Yeah, I didn't know that. Okay. <laughs> so at the end of the credits, it's dedicated to... Oh, no, no. The beginning of the credits is dedicated to... But at the end, there's a quote from the book that his brother is writing, or the screenplay that the brother is writing. Yeah. And like, so it ends on this like, quote. It's like, oh, we've it's, never seen that before. It, it basically, yeah, it ends... There's a post-credit scene, and then it's a, a quote from a fake screenplay that his brothers writing in the movie so it's like the three it's like a super the whole movie is very meta yeah so at the very end they they give you one more jab before you leave the uh, theater so the next movie that we're going to do next episode is bad lieutenant port of call new orleans which is (laughs) uh crazy craziest cage movie that's ever existed crazy wait i mean it's bad lieutenant was a movie was it from like the 70s with harvey keitel and then this is like a spiritual sequel so and then Ver- what, Louisiana what? Werner Herzog made it. Port of Call, New Orleans. Yeah. Werner Ooh. Herzog directed it. It is... Wait, he actually directed this? No, the next Port one. The next one we're going to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. It's, yeah, he did a Werner Herzog it's, movie. Not only is it crazy, but it's great. Wait, is it crazy in this way where it's just, like, ridiculous? Sometimes. But it's, it's a good... It's a good... It's an objectively... I think it's an objectively a good movie. Yeah, it's the name just makes it sound like it's going to be awful. It's yeah. goofy. Yeah, it's got a, problem, a lot of title. a lot of tack on. It's a lot of word. Yeah, words. I think the whole even that it is a bad lieutenant kind of rubbed people the wrong way to begin with, saying like, "Oh, it has nothing to do with bad lieutenant." What are you talking about? And so they just kind of took a title and ran with it. And that's actually uh, that movie's title is a joke that Paula Tompkins runs with a lot whenever he like impersonates. Werner Herzog because there's like there's oh. colons in certain places but not colons in other places and just like it's a very specific title for really no reason <laughs> <laughs> I think it was, originally, it was originally called like Port of Call or something and then yeah, they're yeah. like oh no like let's just like make it a bad lieutenant but they get the rights to make a bad lieutenant sequel instead of making like a true blue Harvey Keitel sequel they're like let's just use the name and make it like you know that happens a lot more often wait I feel, so like in the beginning days. of Reservoir Dogs when they're talking about true blue they're talking about a Harvey Keitel movie he was in a movie True Blue also wait what's True Blue was no. that Harvey Keitel no no Bad Lieutenant what's True Blue oh I don't know what you, is... just, you just said it did I I meant uh, did I know I said did you I... said True Blue oh we're gonna have to go to the tape I thought I said Bad Lieutenant you said instead of making a True Blue sequel oh yeah yeah instead of yeah. oh you're just using that as a phrase yeah no right right instead of making it a an actual sequel true sequel right sorry didn't mean to <laughs> Cross your wires Blow there. My mind. So there's nothing after there. So we will be back in two weeks for Bad Lieutenant Port of Call, New Orleans. And that's how they end. Thanks. Bye. <laughs>